Hello, this is Paul McGann. And this is Jake McGann. And you and are you're listening, listening to, to Travelling the Vortex. Ding dong. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 189. And I'm kind of like the Doctor. I do some of my best thinking when I'm skulking. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Skulking. <laughs> you know, Peter Capaldi going into darkness is nowhere near as impressive to me now that Paul McGann has gone into hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. you got to after game now. <laughs> Did, he, did you guys think that when he said that line? I, my mind instantly went to into darkness. Oh, no. no not, not as cool now. I, I didn't think of that, actually. I, I guess it's just me. <laughs> but thanks for ruining season eight for me. I, just, I can't get excited now. Well, when you when you have Paul McGann so close, nothing can compare. That's true. I just... We're just going to have to rewrite the whole schedule. We're not even going to cover season eight now. We'll just we'll, <laughs> do all we've it out of the schedule. We'll wait till it's on DVD, and then maybe we'll get around to watch. <laughs> Treat it like Torchwood, <laughs> <laughs> or Sarah Jane Adventures, oh, yeah. or how are you guys? You guys do anything fun this week? I got a little sun today. <laughs> you look a little redder. I, can, I couldn't tell if it was the reflection from no, your I think I'm shirt or. Well, You've certainly emphasized it with the yeah. flash. Yeah, I was, wasn't planning that, but uh, we went to uh, Schlitterbahn this morning. Uh, I was Schlitterbahn. It was fun. Did you ride the big old giant? I did not slide? ride the big we, the, the park opened at 10. We arrived at 11, and it was already reserved out for the day. Uh, wow. That's too bad. And apparently they Would you a, have ridden it? Had you had the um, opportunity? Now, honestly, when I first saw it, uh, the answer is a, a resounding no, because I don't do water slides. Like, right. I like water parks, I like wave pools, I like that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't we, like... We recall your uh, yeah. <laughs> story your about... Story. The, 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 what was it called? Side, what was the name of that ride? The Python Python Plunge, yeah. yeah. No, I don't I do not do those. If it's in a tube, that's fine. And this one, there's no tube. It's just a net. I was like, no. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize until today when I got there that it's a boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a boat thought, than a raft. Yeah. I, well, I thought... Well, it's more of a raft than a... Well, it has upright seats. It's yeah. a boat. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. They can call it whatever they want to call it. But it's a, you, you know, get strapped into it. Looks it. Like it's not a, like no, you're loose. It's like they, they, they weld raft you. with straps. Yeah. They, they weld you to the boat. So, <laughs> um, But I thought it was just you going oh, you yeah. know, oh, down yeah, the no. All the videos that I'd seen, I just assumed it was a guy in a camera going down the thing. I didn't know there was an actual uh, boat attached yeah. to it. So I was like, oh, well, it's actually a two-person, isn't it? It's a three. It's a three. Up to a three-seater. So for three... But you have to be a certain amount of weight. Yeah, up to... You can't go over and you can't Four, be unbalanced in your weight. The total. I'm sure I'd outweigh the silly thing. I wouldn't be able to get on it anyway. But um, now that I know it's a boat, I'd be I'd be more inclined to ride it. Mm. But we didn't ride it. But <laughs> well, there was a... No a, opportunity. There's a um, standby line where after reservations are done, like at 4 o'clock, you can go and stand in line and see if you get For on. For another three hours to see if you <laughs> and, get and, on. And, and that's what they said. They said it's a two-hour wait and there's no guarantees. And it's like I'm sorry. I mean, unlike like a roller coaster that comes out and it's a two hour wait, I know I can get on a two hour wait for no guarantee. Now nah, I'll, yeah. I'll go ride something. Exactly. You know? So we did that, and then uh, <coughs> we, we came back and had casa. Oh. Billy took us out for dinner because we were po. And 
So we had casa, and it's been a long time since I had casa. It was good. And I'm sitting here ready to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stuffed full of tacos and tired and miserable and slightly sunburned. So. Well, it'll and be I was show. Guy, <laughs> I was the guy that dressed like an old lady because I had my hat and my shirt and suntan lotion and the whole bit. But no, the big old white splotch on his nose. Oh yeah, I can tell because your nose didn't get burned. My nose, my nose yeah. did not get burned. <laughs> That's a little pink. Billy is fried Uh-oh. lobster. He never yeah. learns, does he? He never learns. He actually applied today, but well, that was the other thing too, is because I mean it was turned out to be a really nice day for it. Um, did it rain on you guys at all? It's sprinkled, but it never yeah. actually. It, it came down pretty good here for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was cloudy, and I think that kept a lot of people out of the park. And so, yeah. you know, we were actually able to get stuff done and go places and whatnot. The only part of it that sucked was the uh, the wave pool canyon, um, which it didn't seem like the waves were very big. And the only thing we could come up with is, compared to the last time, it was so packed that maybe... The people? there were, Because of the weight of everybody in the water, that there was... Yeah. You know, they displaced more water and the waves were bigger. <laughs> it could be. It's possible. Because they didn't seem or maybe it takes more water to run that big giant slide now, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll blame for food. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we had a good time, so. Did you guys do uh, Waterworld last night? We did do Waterworld last night, oh, appropriately you. enough. Um, it went well. Uh, James, his. He had never seen it. He had never seen it at all, which is why we did that. Um, because we, we watched, we rewatched 1941, and then he was going to watch 19 or uh, Walk World for the first time. And uh, his 2041 comment was, <laughs> "Well, it was better than the Postman," which is really yeah. kind of a glowing review coming from James. You know, I mean, he didn't hate it. And and I, 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 I Waterworld's not a good movie. It really isn't. It's just one that I happen to enjoy. I love this movie. I don't know why. I just I can watch Waterworld over and over again. But he pointed out something that it's all of a sudden, I don't know, it's kind of made me look at this in a whole new light. You've seen the, the film, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I'm going to fly the spoiler flag for Waterworld if you haven't seen it. So I they, think you need to. They, they, get to the, they, they, they get to the end of the thing, and they arrive on dry land, and they run up to this village. It's deserted, and they go into the house, and Enola's talking about, I'm home, I'm home, the little girl, with a map on her back. And her parents are apparently this pair of skeletons that have decayed away to nothing in the in, in the bed. Now, James says that doesn't really bode well for them, does it? I mean, they found dry land, but everybody's dead, and that really kind of stuck with me for because now all of a sudden it's like, okay, so you're Nola's parents, and you're on this island, and something is happening. You are going to die. You know this is coming. And your plan is to take your two-year-old daughter, tattoo a map on her back, and then put her in a basket and send her out to sea and hope for the best. I hope you get found by somebody who will take care of you because we won't be here to do it. And here's instructions on how to get back here with them. That sounds like a trap. <laughs> because you're going to die, so why would you bring other people here? I mean, is it a communicable disease? Is it a bear? When they sent her out, they had no boats. They had no way to get off the island. They, they had, had a boat there go. when they got there. I guess there was, was a boat on the shore. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, what's it? The, the mariner takes the boat yeah. and leaves. That's so right. they had something, but that, that I just I'm I'm all of a sudden there's this huge gaping plot hole in the movie, and I don't. <laughs> and that's the problem with that world. Yeah. Well, but I mean, so <laughs> what was what was going on at home? The the fishman was the problem with Waterworld. <laughs> the best thing for your daughter is to put her in a basket and send her off to. And not just she's she's better off in the ocean than here. 
Let's, let's keep it. This isn't just the ocean, okay? This is the ocean. The entire world's covered with water at this point. You know this. You know there's no other land out there. You're going to send her adrift in that? Whatever's happening at home has to be catastrophically bad. <clears throat> and what? Who's to say it's not still going on? Yeah. So now all of a sudden I'm concerned about the people that made it to the island. <laughs> now you need a sequel. Well, wait for one of the quest for more money. Actually, Waterworld 2 was made. It was um, a short film. It was about a minute and a half. And what it did is it had this grand uh, push into the island slowly for like a minute and 20 seconds. And when it got there, the last 10 seconds was um, the camera panning off of, over all of the dead, decaying corpse bodies. And then the credits roll. A smoke monster got him. See if you'd have seen, <laughs> if you'd have seen that, you'd have realized the fate of 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 at the end of the film. And then it's just it was just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I just I don't know. Like I said, not a good movie, but one I enjoy, although less so now. <laughs> <laughs> Any last bastion of hope? Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> Did you do anything else this week? Um, water World and Water Fun? Water World, Water Park. Um, Bit of a theme. Yeah. I thought I watched another movie, but I don't remember now. So. Doctor Who the movie? Yeah, we did that for Friday Night Who. Well, don't force it. Did you do anything this week? <laughs> Uh, I finished my book, Kenobi. It was good. It was good. It kind of ends where I expected it to end. Uh, he's not going to leave Tatooine or anything. Really? <laughs> Spoilers. <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> could have left and come back. Uh, yeah, um, no. Uh, so that was good. I didn't get to read as much during the week as I had hoped, because I was too busy training. Um, finished Continuum, season three, so I'm waiting to see if they're even going to win... Uh, renew it for a fourth season. Oh, so you're completely current now. Uh, yeah, I'm completely current. Uh, such a good show. It does such bold moves that I never expect from... Especially when you've seen the pilot. Mm-hmm. It's very vanilla and very kind of, yeah, okay, that's what the show's going to be. And then it just... Bold move after bold move after bold move. At one point, there's two of, two different people. Like so, there are four characters, two duplicates, and it's really <laughs> impressive. Um, and then today, Sarah and I got up early because uh, where they used to hold Planet Comic Con, Half Price Bookstore was having a big clearance sale. Ooh. Oh, down there in um, yeah, yeah, uh, at the over not the Overland Park Convention Center, the other place. The because uh, I went there first, thinking that was where it was. Center. Yeah, the International Center. Everything was like two bucks or less. It was a bit, not a lot. It was, it was set up like the Friends of the Library book self. Uh, I got a hardback copy of High Fidelity oh, okay. to replace my paperback copy. Was everything in the store sale? Or just it was just. It was pretty much all their surplus, all their overstock stuff. They put in this on tables like that and just let you go through. Them. I can't imagine hardcover copies of High Fidelity were overstocked. There was only one that I saw. I only saw like one copy of a paperback. I, there was a lot of repeats of stuff that you would expect to see, and then there are some few hidden gems. I don't know how they got in there or not. How many copies of the Twilight books were there? I didn't go over to the teen section. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no YA for you. A lot of copies of The Help, 
The Notebook. Ah, okay. <clears throat> um, a lot of those uh, mystery books that are kind of James Patterson books. A lot of that, that kind of stuff. Sarah found a couple that she, one that she was interested in, and one that she lent to somebody and didn't get back. So, and then we kind of went around to the vintage stock there. And so she bought a book for somebody else. No, she bought a book to replace. She, well, she, she already bought a she, book. For she had else. already bought a book for somebody. She else. She bought so. a book for someone else once removed. Yes. <laughs> Aren't those the worst book purchases? Like when, you, when you have to buy a book that you already own. That's I mean, why you're buying it for somebody yeah, else. Or, or DVD. That's when you, you know. have finally suffer, severed the cord from your original purchase. You've of, given up hope, and you go, okay, I'm this not is getting, not getting us well, back. She had, she had originally thought that it was one that she owned, but like this cover better. Oh, two bucks, why not? But it ends up she didn't own it after all. <laughs> there There's a line in um, Battlestar Galactica early on, I don't remember the, the, the re- revamped series, when... Um, uh, the president comes over to Adama and, and they're hanging out and she's going through his, his library because he still has a library on the ship that sur- has survived. And she picks up something. She goes, oh, this is wonderful. He goes, take it. And she goes, oh, I'll return it to you. He says, no, 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 never loan books. And I've always thought that was just, ever since I heard that, I was like, that is such a wonderful sentiment. I really wish I could do that. Yeah. That I would just you take it. It's a book. You know, take it and enjoy it. I'll buy another copy. I'm not in a position to do that, but... <laughs> If they had more of these Neither two dollar sales, <laughs> Neither was Sarah. <laughs> but that's a different, obviously, than I'm loaning it to you and yeah. you didn't return it, so now I have to buy another copy. That's a whole different. Well, and she didn't even realize that was the situation until we got back home, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and then kind of early birthday celebration started Friday with uh, Sean and Mel giving me presents of the graphic novels of the first two volumes of Planet of the Apes. I have not read them yet. I'm looking forward to them. It was totally unintentional. You kind of had an ape birthday this I year. I did. I have so far. Because Audie got me a Caesar action figure from Don, uh, Don of the Planet of the Apes. And uh, Sarah's parents got me season four, Doctor Who. So now I, my new so series now is complete. you are And a Doctor Who shirt. It's the TARDIS on it. And Star Wars duct tape. <coughs> did you ever cool. know they made this? I did not. Know I did not know they made that. It's too cool. I don't want to use. Are you it. gonna make a purse out of it? I'd, I'd need a wallet, maybe. A wallet. I don't. I don't see myself carrying a purse. Uh-huh. Well, that's the only thing I've ever seen made out of. Them. I know they make tons of stuff out of them. I've seen. Wallets. And every time I go online, I see purses. Probably because they're easier. Yeah. You can make a man maybe bag. that's why man bag. A man, satchel. A satchel. That would be not totally appropriate. It's not a purse. It's a satchel. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. That's, that's all cool. I did this week. That's really yeah. cool. It's neat. Uh, my week was not real eventful. We did uh, we had primaries on Tuesday, so that's always crazy. And without Keith there, I was very concerned because Keith's an integral part of that whole system. Um, but Rod being there helped out a lot, and we actually got through it, and, and it went really well. So uh, didn't do anything else the rest of the week except for I'll skip ahead. Uh, Saturday we did most of the day we did uh, cleaning and the house together because today we had Caitlin. Actually, Caitlin's birthday was on Saturday. So I missed another one. They, happy birthday, Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin and, and Mason both had soccer camps in the morning, or a soccer clinic in the morning, so we took each one of them to those. Spent a lot of the time cleaning while they were at uh, camps, and then we went to 
Billy Vanilli in the afternoon because Caitlin loves Billy Vanilli. For those that don't know, it's a little cupcake shop here in town. Locally owned. Locally owned. And so we got cupcakes for her birthday and gave her a couple presents from us. And then uh, cleaned the rest of the day on Saturday for a party that we held for her today with my family. Um, so everybody came over and we celebrated Caitlin's birthday this afternoon. And then after that, we were so exhausted, we just kind of did nothing. <laughs> um, however, leading into something else that Keith did this week, yes. uh, last night, uh, Keith and I had the honor of being on the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. Um, we got to chat with them. And, yeah, and, thanks uh, for letting me know. We did. We did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked Keith. I, I, we did. Okay, for, 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 we didn't know what time. I even asked. at the last minute said, texted you and said, "Hey, we're starting now, so join us whenever." <laughs> first of all, ladies, I'm very, very sorry that I missed it. Um, I was one of the voices saying, "Yeah, Saturday would work," because I actually you had the, the weekend first, off. Well, I was technically the first of us that said Saturday. Would work. And, <laughs> and by the time you texted me, I, I think that whole conversation happened while I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it did, and Sean had actually responded, but then I waited, and you hadn't. So I assumed it was probably because you yeah, were I was a, completely I, off I was asleep. asleep so. I had just I, when I saw your text, I right. that's when I responded. That's when I got up. Right, but I, I was all set and, and and ready to do it. And I'd ask Keith Friday when he came over for who. It was like, so have we heard anything? Is this still going on? He goes, I don't know. So okay, and I kind of lurked around on Facebook a little bit in the morning on Saturday and then didn't hear anything and then we kind of got busy we had Katrina so it got hammered we, together mostly we, we, we went to feed the ducks and did some other stuff well, and they came back and did Waterworld it was World. kind of late evening that well, it finally came sure, together we yeah. weren't sure for sure what time exactly. yeah well, until everybody was we started Waterworld probably uh, I don't know 8.30 or 9 and I had my phone downstairs on the charger because I oh, didn't it's died one time over the course of the day yeah. we got on about and so it wasn't in, it wasn't until we were done with the movie that I went back and looked at my phone and went aww so that was a lot of fun, yeah. and, and uh, it's their 10th anniversary special, so we talked uh, lots of Doctor Who news in the week. We uh, talked more Doctor Who on so their show than we do on We really us. did. We really did. And, of course, yeah. with Keith and I on the show, we managed to tangent them quite a bit, and uh, so that was fun. So, uh, yeah, it should again, be dropping any time now. We it's appreciate not up yet. By no, the time this one yet. comes out, it should yeah. be probably up. And so... Um, We'll put a link in the show notes, obviously, to their podcast and where you can listen to that. And thank you again, ladies, for inviting us on. All right, shall we move on to news? News. First bit of news. Uh, Sean, you want to handle this one? Sure. Very exciting piece of news now that there is, in fact, a full black and white Dalek episode that has been recently discovered on the Internet. Unfortunately, said episode is from Series Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, the, what is it? The second episode. Of yeah, the, episode, of the two episode two. Into re-leaked. the Dalek, if the title is to be believed, has re-leaked to the internet after being leaked originally. <laughs> yeah, about four weeks ago. And so it's shown back up, and it's the same kind of black and white, no effects. You know, not great working quality. Copy. Working copy. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they have traced this back to the same batch of server problems from, from before. Really? Carmago. Huh? Camargo. I'm cat. so shocked and surprised by what? that. 
Well, I th- this was the, the article that I read said something about disciplinary actions were being taken. And yeah. it's like, uh, ooh, somebody's Earlier fired. this month, BBC said, BBC <laughs> Worldwide has taken this yeah. issue extremely seriously, and discipline actionary, disciplinary action has been implemented as a result of the incident. While there is still a risk that this leak will re- result in more of this content emerging, so far the impact has been contained. It is certainly more serious than that. The man probably, or the person, is probably already fired. Yeah. I have a feeling they'll probably charge him with theft or something. So. Again, they make a plea to fans not to spoil anything. And don't worry, we're not going to. So, At least on this show or any of us. Won't. Good job, fans, on so far trying not to spoil it. I tell you, that's the, the interesting thing is for all of the news and information that's been circulating around the Internet, I haven't seen much yeah. information on that kind of all I've seen that it's so. happened, not yeah. what's in the episode. Right, which is wonderful. Of course, I don't tend to click those links that would give me the spoilers either. Well, that's true. I've been avoiding Series 8, even news. Yeah, I have, I have the two clips that they released I haven't even watched. I did watch the clips. Uh, I, they I, didn't give anything away. I did they wind gave us a flavor <laughs> of what the Doctor would do. I, I, I did wind up watching the Here's the Official Season 8 opening Oh, did you? Oh, did they release that? And it is that well, one? sort of. Somebody released it. I'm not going to say they released it. <laughs> is it still the, the the picture I saw was a side shot of the like they had shot it off the monitor? Yeah. Is that rolling? Yeah, okay. and, the, and there were cheers in the background, so it was apparently in a theater setting. Yeah, I'm guessing from one of the, the the premiere things, but so it's not a high quality. It's no. not a high quality one, but the, remember, you remember a couple of weeks ago I told you that I saw one that was produced by a fan that mm-hmm. I thought was wow, was really impressive. It's very, very similar to that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely inspired by that guy. Nice. I don't know if he got to come back and do this one or not, but I think it's cool. I won't spoil it for you guys, but. I look forward to seeing it. Really big news out this week is the world tour. It has started. And for those of us that can't be there, they are live streaming the event. Isn't that cool? I think that's really cool. It is cool. Um, I might have to try to. What time is. The Australia one. Yesterday. No, it's Tuesday the twelfth. Oh. I since I have the day off, I thought, so oh, be, maybe I'll get up and watch it'll be it. Be Monday for us, right? I still have the day off. Nearly a day ahead of us. Yeah, nearly a day. I'll have to do some translation. But so the, the obviously the South Korea ones already happened. Australia and Mexico, they will live stream the events. Obviously, not the actual episodes, right. but everything else surrounding everything it. Surrounding. I think that's really neat that they're doing it. That's it cool. is. I presume the format... Now, the questions obviously are different because they're taking questions from the audience, yeah. but I presume the format is, is so essentially too. the same for each one. But, uh, yeah, that's that's neat. Good job. That's that's how you do a world tour. You're all involved. Oh, yeah. You know, all, all, you, you, you realize just that, the location. Exactly. It's all inclusive. It doesn't, uh, doesn't leave people out. Well, speaking of Series 8... We can't remember if we talked about this, so if we did, just please ignore us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we didn't. Uh, it has been confirmed that Peter Capaldi's debut episode, Deep Breath, will receive a standalone release on DVD and Blu-ray. Out September 8th. 9th in the U.S. September 9th in the U.S. I hope they make some money off it, I guess. Which, according to this, the extras will include Doctor Who Live, the next Doctor. So the introduction... Of Peter Capaldi and a prequel. Wow! If I hadn't seen that, I'd be all excited over that special feature. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sort of glad that I'm not an ultra completist. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> have everything. Gotta have everything. Yeah, I would assume those, <laughs> I, I would hope these special features will also be on the actual box set. See, uh, but uh, Christmas Carol is an indication that they yeah, don't always do that. It seems to me that if they're going to do a standalone DVD. In order for it to sell, I don't think they will include everything on the box set that is on the stand. And again, they also did vanilla versions of the recovered episodes. Well, so. yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's no accounting for what they're going to do. Mm, that's true. Although that's, I think that's, well, I guess now Worldwide takes care of both those. So. Yeah. Uh, moving on, it's now been confirmed there will be a Christmas special this year. Yay! Yay! And for any of you hoping that Peter Jackson would direct it, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> It will be Ooh. Paul Wilmhurst is directing the episode, which will feature Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. Yay! <laughs> really? Yep. That's kind of funny that we're reporting on things that I just kind of assumed. <laughs> Spoiler: well, He doesn't regenerate a, at the end of the I season. I figured they'd do one. We, B, I didn't think that Peter Jackson would direct <laughs> it. And C, I really expected Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi to be in it. Yeah, so kind of what we expect to happen. I think the, uh, maybe, so, maybe the surprising news is there that Jenna Coleman's in it, since there's a lot of speculation that uh, she'll leave at the end of yeah. series eight. But. Uh, the, the guy who's directing it, uh, Wilm Hurst, has directed... Two episodes of Series 8, Episodes 7 and 8. So we'll kind of see what his directing style is. He hasn't done any Doctor Who sub- I don't, I don't prior to so. that. According no. to this article, no. Well, maybe they liked him well enough to bring him back. Obviously. So. And then another bit of new that, news that have come out from the world tour. <laughs> Stephen Moffat was asked... You mean a little bit of more non-news. Non-news that... that yeah. Uh, whether there will be a special to celebrate the 10th anniversary of New Who in 2015. Speaking at the launch, um, he said he, they never expected it to happen. Uh, none of them could imagine it being on for 10 years and getting a bigger reaction every year. Um, we've only just done the 50th, is what he says. After the huge fuss over 50 years of Doctor Who, I think it's time to settle down and move forwards. However, he reminded fans that he doesn't always tell the truth either. So we're not planning a special, unless I'm lying. <laughs> so he's leaving the door open. He's trolling fans. But I think it's ridiculous that to even once. Because the 50th, in my mind, did so much to branch the two yes. eras together. That's exactly That doing a 10th anniversary is, no, that's just wrong. That goes. That's a step back yeah. from what we've been. It's, well, it's I think even over the, the past few years, the the two have been bridging. Yeah, uh, more and more. I mean, we've we've seen a little bit of that from Russell T. Davies Davis's era, but in Moffat's era, from the eleventh hour, when we saw all of the doctors yeah. in the the images, uh, from there on, we've always we've <clears throat> we've always trended towards this. There's been no question. Yeah, exactly. We've always trended towards this all-inclusive idea, and then the 50th kind of cemented that. And so, to turn around and do a 10th anniversary special for the new series, it seems counterproductive, yeah. it seems like a slap in the face. Uh, and I really, don't how much necessary. different would it really be from the 50th? I, I think mean, most people most people that <laughs> you're gonna want get, You're not going to get Eccleston back. Most people I mean, you're going to get 10 and are, Smith, that's, that's just it. it. They're, it's, yeah, I think the, mo- the majority of people that want it are probably Tenet fangirls that want to see... Ten, ten come back. Yeah. Would I watch something with ten in it again? Absolutely. I think he was a phenomenal yes. doctor, but I didn't. It's totally, totally inappropriate, inappropriate, and unnecessary. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. I think. 
Any thoughts, Sean? Um, you want it? No. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly... We we do it just to kind of pin down what we're talking about when we say new who. It just kind of automatically encompasses a certain set of years. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of tired of even that designation of new who. Even that to me is in a way it's kind of offensive just because it's Doctor Who. It's all the period. Same. Well, I, I think, mean, I think the only reason that I, I argue for the use of new is because it marks the uh, mood and style and difference in how the series is presented. Sure, and and and, and I get it for that. But at the same time, I for the reason, same reason, we don't just call Doctor Who the movie Doctor Who because really, that's really all it is. Is it's just Doctor Who. It shouldn't have a the, the movie title no, because no. Yeah. because we and now we have had now we've had feature length episodes that. Our movie link, so there was really no reason to call these 79 79 minute Doctor Who the movie Doctor Who the movie anymore. Just is Doctor Who. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I just, I, yeah, I'm I'm just tired. You think back in the day when it transitioned from Troughton to Pertwee, when it went from color or black and white to color, and this big shift in the way the show was told, like, the way they presented the episodes, the way the stories were told. Do you think they differentiated back then? No, I mean, it, they did. This, this you know, you're, making, <laughs> you're, making good, yeah, you're making a good point, but I, the, I don't think the, the tonal shift was as drastic it, with the exception of color. because the yeah. format was still the same. Right. It was still half-hour episodes. I mean, even but, halfway through the first Doctor's era, they quit naming each individual episode, and that would have been a major you know shift as well. The, yeah. As well. As far as presentation goes, I think that I'll throw them a bone. I don't see anything wrong with doing a half-hour special, behind-the-scenes kind of thing with interviews about the tenth anniversary of the relaunch. Yeah, I could, uh, and not making a special episode of it. I like the oh, idea. Oh, so just doing a documentary. Doing a documentary. Uh, and I, I, here's I, here's I, the uh, reason why is because we did we did have a. Uh, number of years that we were on hiatus. I mean, we, the, the show went off the air in 89. It returned for a movie in 96, and then didn't return again to the airwaves in 2005. So right there is a a monumental thing to point to that they were able to bring it back in 2005. So a documentary, yeah, a half hour call it a 10 years since what the I, return kind of thing. What I would like I to see, with that I, I'd like to see it even more specified to about them bringing it back and how kind it, of how it got, how, how not, it got not back. just a recap of here's all everything you've loved over yeah, the last really, ten give years. Give us some behind the scenes of that. That's what's in the writer's tale. Put yeah. it on television. Give the talk. Give me the talking head version. Well, and of and that. there's a there's a short version of that on uh, I can't remember which disc it is. I think it's. The demons, where they talked to Russell T. Davis and the other lady, and I can't remember who she was. The, she was a head of programming at the time. And there's there's a there's a Julie? sit down. No, it wasn't Julie. Uh, it was another gal, and it was she was head of programming. She wasn't one oh, of the producers. Okay. And uh, they, it's a sit down where they talk about hmm. the process of getting back together. But I think maybe just something like that, but a little more you know inclusive with people that more people that were behind yeah. the scenes and people that were involved in Doctor Who after it returned on. How, what they thought of the idea. Well, and those, some back. of those writers from oh yeah, yeah, writing those early episodes. Absolutely, that'd be ones ass, that transitioned from writing new adventures into the new series. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I'd love to hear from those people. That's what we want, BBC. Yeah, I, I think that would be fine. But that that's the only concessions I give for a tenth anniversary special. All right, moving on. 
So there's been a lot of questions, especially surrounding the Underwater Menace being released, since it kind of got canceled. <laughs> since it had a release date. Since it had a release date, it had a trailer, nothing happened with it and since chilled, then. Yeah. Um, and the company who's been animating them has issued a statement, because, at least the most recent ones, uh, Tenth Planet, Reign of Terror, Moonbase, uh, issued a statement saying that two dates... They have completed work on three episode reconstruction. They enjoyed creating those, but the only Doctor Who stories the studios have worked on, and there are no plans to work on anymore. So, and that their that Planet Fifty Five Studios is focused on projects completely unconnected to Doctor Who. So now, if they were the ones contracted originally to do Underwater Menace, we don't know, but we at least know this company who has done previous ones aren't going to be doing. They're any not more involved animations. anymore. Yeah. Now, I know that this company did start their own brand of new projects and a new animated series of their own, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. So, that could also be why. You don't know. We don't know. Just kind of one of those of, hmm, what's, what's happening here? I, I'm, I'm going to throw a pebble in the lake, because <laughs> I like to do that. <laughs> I, I, I put this in here just for you, Sean. And, and say the reason that they are no longer working on that is because they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has to be animated anymore. No, because it's been found. And we they just should, don't have it. They yet. should retain some animation company to do those ones that we know won't <laughs> show up, like <laughs> Feast of Stephen and uh, Dalek Master, or not Dalek Master Plan, uh, the uh, Mission to the Unknown. <laughs> Although that one's already been done. <laughs> just not officially. It's not official. <laughs> that, that's my take on it. That's why you, you. Why pay somebody to animate something you have in the archives? Yeah. Okay. We'll why why put a whole bunch of special features on uh, you know your enemy or uh, Web of Fear DVD when we found it? So we're going to give you the real thing all together. We've been waiting yeah. thirty plus years for these episodes. I think we wait just a little bit longer. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I for Not one. Not that I'm disagreeing with you. I'm just <laughs> saying. That's I for why, one that's am why. so ecstatic that they have found them and they're keeping them under wraps because I know you in the back of your head are starting to sweat. Going, what are we going to put on the schedule? <laughs> We're no, running out of who. No, because I keep looking at the mammoth catalog of big Finnish titles and novels. I, in fact, they found an online checklist for all the novels, and I thought, there's a lot of stuff we haven't even read yet. So well, it's going we'll to take us a long eventually. time to get through the reading. We'll get though. to it eventually. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Some of us are going to have to take more vacations. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go to overnight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last bit, bit, this is kind of neat. They've released a trailer, or a preview, for a Sesame Street episode that they're calling Numeric Con, (laughs) and Doctor Who is even included. It's a spoof It's a spoof of Comic Con. Con. It's a numbers convention. Yeah, it it features uh, Elmo dressed up as Batman, it's got a little Captain Kirk guy in there, and... When we say they're dressed as these characters, they're dressed as parodies of these characters. Yes. Because they're not actually Captain Kirk and actually Batman. They're well, numerical the equivalents of those yeah. <coughs> uh, parodying those particular costumes. Right. So they're at least identifiable. And uh, there are people dressed as the fourth Doctor specifically. There's at least one. I didn't yeah. see anything else. Although, I, I just found saw it weird. He guy. didn't have a four on. The one guy opened the yeah. <laughs> Why not? He had a two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, he opens the door and he's got the long scarf and the trench coat and I think he even had a floppy hat. Yeah. And, and curly hair, I think. Probably. And what else did we see? Uh, and right? there were Daleks, Daleks, essentially. They didn't have eye stalks. No. They had actually eyes. but And they said, enumerate. Yeah. <laughs> enumerate. It's a really cute video. It is cute. You go. Uh, it's going to air uh, September 18th. Yes. So it's kind of a 
month away to preview. Yeah. Very neat. I'm, oh, I'm going to have to seek that episode out, and I don't really watch Sesame Street. I don't watch Sesame Street. It's, I'm not awake when it's on. Oh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> that's it for news. That's it for news. That's it. That's it for news. This is the news song, and that's it for news. <laughs> so now we don't have a feedback song. We have an end of news song. End of song. news song. You got to transition somehow. <laughs> uh, speaking of feedback, Chrissy is the first one. She writes, Eight is great. Dear Vortex Boys, I have to congratulate you three on a monumental achievement last week. You all had a two hour Guardians of the Galaxy movie to review and discuss, but you spent about 40 minutes talking about Howard the Duck, who didn't show up until the two minute long post credit sequence. <laughs> As far as your trademark tangenting goes, I think that was your best moment. <laughs> Great job on that one. I'm going to jump in here for just a moment, Chrissy, and uh, I'm going to apply this to ourselves. <laughs> See, I don't agree with that sentiment. That was the best 40 minutes I've had in my life talking about <laughs> I, I don't disagree that the conversation was lively and inspired and a heck of a lot of fun. Just maybe slightly out of place on a Doctor Who podcast. You know, I went back <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. and decided you a companion that's a talking I went penguin. Back and I decided well, now if we tied it into that, <laughs> if we'd have done a Frobisher archive and talked about Howard the Duck, I'd been okay with it. In editing, in post, I looked at that and I thought, how much of this can I trim? And I listened to it and I listened to it and I listened to it and I said, nope, it's Howard the Duck. I'm not going to trim it. In fact, I'm going to end the show with the song Howard the Duck, and thus I did. So. If any way that qualified our forty-minute discussion of Howard the Duck, no, <laughs> the song at the end justified. You know me; I, I, I am I am forever in, per, in perpetuity on the side of being random. But e- even I was like, uh. <laughs> I think you were pushing for me to edit that after in post last week too. Uh, nope. Go, Howard. By the way, the word I was looking for last week is he's too counterculture to have his own movie. That hit me after oh. I left. He's too counterculture. It's a big right. word. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Before we go into another 40 minute tangent, <laughs> Glenn and Keith, thanks again for sh- coming on the Five Ish Fangirls podcast. Yep. It was a lot of fun having you both chat about Series 8. Thank you. And Sean, you were missed. Mm. Usually we we made jokes at his expense. I'm sure wasn't you there. did. I'll have to listen to it and see how <laughs> how badly I, I came out. No, they they have a fun thing where if somebody is not able to obviously record that week, they're considered lost in the vortex or trapped trapped in the trapped vortex. in the vortex. And so, like um, Tom Baker, uh, Rachel <laughs> said that. Company. Rachel said that this week, and I said, you know, that's more true often than not with Sean. So. <laughs> <laughs> Frequently, when people go, where the heck is Sean at? I'm over on a screen somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know. that, that was a, for the longest time since I've known Sean. That was always my, when people say, where's Sean? Where, where, where's Sean and so-and-so? I, they're late. I would always say, well, he's trapped in the vortex. He traveled through the vortex and got lost. So We'll stall for time while Keith gets oh. up and runs across. Oh, it's a power it's thing. A power okay. Thing. <laughs> I thought he had a great Keith has about visual aid for why Sean's always late. And I was going, nope. yeah, yeah. Tell me, I'd love to know. I got a ten percent warning. Needs a uh, power boost. <laughs> it's 
spent too much time off the cord. Oh, I got the power. Usually, I would include all my thoughts on the piles and piles of news coming out of the Doctor Who World Tour, but I think we covered that quite extensively on the Five-ish Fangirls this week. So people can go listen to that if they really are curious about what I and my co-hosts have to say about it. Shameless self-promotion. I almost think that's why I didn't talk much about the <laughs> world so this week because we talked so much about it last night. So yes, definitely go over and listen to what Keith and, <laughs> Keith and my thoughts on the uh, world tour news. She continues, also I have to say that Friday Night Who was a lot of fun. I mean, it's always fun. But I was a little worried about not having anything new to say about the TV movie since we watched it for Friday Night Who so many times before. But everybody had a lot of funny jokes and one-liners. It's one of the best Friday Night Who's we've had, I think. And look what you missed out on. I would have to agree. (laughs) Especially, what, it was twice last year we did it for Friday Night Who? Mm -hmm. Pretty close to each other, too? Mm -hmm. Or I guess it wasn't Friday Night Who for one of them. It was we did Who was Friends for Night of the Doctor. I I was impressed. I, I... the reason I wasn't there. Well, is last year we actually did do it twice for Friday Night Who because we did it for Daphne Ashbrook coming to Planet Comic Con. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we and didn't then we did it. Well, and I then we did it in August. So well, we did do it in August too in our countdown. Or September, whenever that was. No, wait, Daphne October. was the year October. before. October. Yeah. Daphne last was the year, year before. Last well, Daphne, year. Daphne was the year before. We did it. Yeah, we did it last year. Last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I got you. Now. <laughs> so we did. The reason did I wasn't there, to it last and I did go visit your your uh, uh, stream and, and look, and it, and it looks like it was a lot of fun. I'm, I was actually shifting my schedule because I'm actually working overnight tonight. So as soon as I leave here, I work until eight a.m. tomorrow morning. So I did the early bed last night, an early rise yesterday, and then I stayed up nearly as late as I could last night and slept in this morning. So I was doing that exhaust myself. Shift it so that I could sleep in this morning, so that I can make it all over. What, what, what time did you get o'clock. up today? Twelve uh, thirty, one o'clock, somewhere around there. That's, be that's dog about tired tomorrow. I well, took about a thirty-second nap too. No, no, thirty no, seconds. No, thirty seconds. Yeah, that was it. Thirty <laughs> seconds. All I got. Talk 30, about how talk about yourself. I'm going to have one of those now. <laughs> Thirty-minute nap this evening. So I'll be. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. But it would be much worse had I gotten up at 8 o'clock today when yeah, I no, usually I, get I, I, I agree. So I didn't want to do a 24-hour thing. And that's the only the only way that I can... I, I don't I don't sleep past 8 anymore. Ever since I hit 40, I cannot sleep. <laughs> and occasionally I can sleep till 9. But I knew I was going to be struggling. So that was why I had to do the early bed Friday, the early morning Friday, and then the Saturday, and then just exhaust myself. So that I would force myself to sleep in today and swing my, my day. Fortunately, coming back won't be so bad because I'll be I'll work overnight mo- tonight or yeah tonight into tomorrow and then Monday into Tuesday. But then I don't go to work Wednesday until two o'clock next afternoon. So I That'll should be help. able to yeah when swing I, myself back the other way. When I started two weeks ago, uh, I got up at like one, then I was able to make it no problem all the way around without, without without being too exhausted either. So other thing I've got going for me is I, I get up at eight now, but I I'm typically up until two or three in the morning anyway, and then get up at eight. Yeah, you so yeah, I, a little bit. Of, you don't get much sleep. I don't. I don't sleep that much. So I think uh, I'll be tired. Don't get me wrong. I don't have no 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 illusions <laughs> of not being tom- tired tomorrow morning by the time I drive home. But if I would have known I was going to be on this overnight shift, I would have taken Wednesday too. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I've got to go in at midnight, exact minutes after my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. Oh, well. That day. It happens. All right. Sorry. Holly, we'll uh, 
We'll Chrissy. not tangent or yeah, Chrissy. We'll not tangent forty minutes into your <laughs> email this week. Okay, time for reviews. Spore. I wondered how this Eighth Doctor ebook short story w- would work. Which companion would the Doctor have if there were any issues about getting the rights to a companion? Things like that. Like that, this was just the Eighth Doctor, and he had a one-off companion. Although it kept throwing me off that her name was Evelyn. Obviously, I thought of Evelyn Smythe, which is totally different. Beyond that, this was a pretty generic Doctor Who story with the Eighth Doctor thrown in there. It could have been any incarnation of the Doctor, really. It's more like the spore creature is the main focus of the story rather than the Doctor. But not in an annoying way, like what happened with the Fifth Doctor's short story in this series. It was rather non-intrusive, but a little bland. So this wasn't a bad story, just not a very memorable one. But not offensively so. It's just sort of there. Oddly, that's the review I heard of Ninja Turtles. (laughs) It's the summer blockbuster version of just being there. What I read was that it fails on just about every level that it that was possible. <laughs> Although the end of that article sums it up with what Keith just said. So yeah, I think it was it probably starts, the same article. Yeah, it starts out that way, and then it sums up with the yeah, it's not. Which I, I'm, 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 I'm curious there. how all these reviews of a movie that can fail on every step possible and, and just still, be there still make sixty five million dollars opening weekend. Did it make sixty five? It, it got number one. Still didn't beat Guardians. Yeah. <clears throat> well, not it, opening it beat Guardians weekend, this but week. It beat it this week. Oh, it did. Well, yeah. I mean, but it didn't beat it. Beat, not it beat it this week. Yeah, I didn't take the. But we'll, we'll, we'll Guardians has broke a hundred million. Now. Guardian, Guardians is actually their, their, their ten day total has surpassed Transformers ten day total. Yes, yay! And the conservative estimates are that if it holds this course, which it looks inclined to do based on word of mouth and the, you know repeat mm-hmm. business and whatnot, uh, it will probably wind up topping Captain America for all time for the summer. Okay. Wow, Captain America two. Well, and if if you look at Avengers box office success to a smaller scale, it stayed in the may not have been number one for a long time, but it stayed in the top five it for, did for a, a long very long time. time. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, Chrissy, we hijacked your feedback again. She continues. Absolution. A few months ago, I went on a tear through the Eighth Doctor, Charlie Kara's Big Finish stories, and I'll be honest, this was not my favorite at that time. After re-listening to it this weekend, well, it's still not my absolute favorite, but it makes more sense. It feels a lot like a Divergent Universe story, which I guess is fitting since it's Karis' last story, and he's originally from that from a f- fanatic religious order, so the story takes on a lot of heavy religious themes, or at least themes that we think they're religious. At least themes that think they're religious themes, but are more of a heavy-handed satire-spoof parody of religion. Well, whatever. Though I never saw the whole Kariz was built to house the souls of the damned thing coming. That was weird. As a whole, this situation feels similar to Turlow in Planet of Fire, where we get all this backstory on Turlow right as he's leaving the TARDIS because they've put off giving any explanation about him the whole time, and he's, he's been on the show. It's fine enough story, a little pretentious in places, but it's okay. It's a nice setup for the next story, which I will not spoil here, even though I've already listened to it. And because I've been meaning to say so, but I keep forgetting, there is one more eighth Charlie story after this one before we get the Lucy Miller stuff. Read that line again for me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There is one more eight Charlie story after this one before we get to the Lucy Miller stuff. 
Weeks ago, Sean said this was the last one, but Glenn insisted that there was one more. And Glenn is right. There is one more. I'm sorry it's taken me this long to mention it, but here you go. <laughs> it's okay, Chrissy. We know you didn't really want to mention it. <laughs> That's why it took you so long. Um, I think my initial wording was, I think this is the last one of the Eighth Doctors. And then you argued with me, and I jumped on the automatic defensive just because you were <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to stand by my, I think it's the last one. It obviously is not. There's one more. But. Uh, she wraps up saying, I think that's all I've got for this week, so I'll wrap it up here. Hope everyone has a lovely day. Thank you. Thanks, Chrissy. I'm having a lovely day. Lovely evening. Going to have a lovely nap. Here in <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you just go home and go to bed. Yeah. That'll be an eight-hour nap. nap yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever you call them. It's a power nap. Up next is Chrissy. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry, Holly. We just are interchanging those girls all night, aren't we? I did it, now you did it. Holly writes, Absolution and Spore. Hey, guys, Spore. This one was a decent story. The Ace Doctor doesn't have a traveling companion and teams up with Captain Chan. I was kind of hoping that we would have either Grace as a companion or one of the Ace Doctor's other companions from the Big Finish audios. The Spore virus was a so-so plot point. We know this virus wiped out the Time Lords at one point in time, but it's never really clear as to the name of the alien race that then sent the Spore to Earth and Gallifrey in the past. Could it be the vampires? Who knows? The author does a good job of capturing the Ace Doctor's voice, though. Absolution. An interesting audio where we get some drama concerning both the TARDIS and Kariz. The TARDIS with breaking apart and trying to heal itself, and then Kariz getting taught to use his mind control things. This could prove to be a little disastrous. Also, saying goodbye to both Charlie and Kariz was a little hard to take. I know that there will be more adventures with Charlie. I wish Kariz could have stuck around a little while longer. Looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say about these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank, Thank you, Holly. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. And on to our reviews. Which do we want to start with? Well, since the ladies set a pattern in their feedback of doing Spore and then Absolution, let's do it that way. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. was a happy story. <laughs> well, we're going to go from a man to a... So. <laughs> oh, this is going to be an interesting talk. <laughs> in a small town in Nevada... 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 Nevada. In a small town in That's the a new state in In a small town in the Nevada desert, Sign an alien pathogen has reduced the entire population to a seething mass of black slime. When the eighth doctor arrives, he releases he realizes this latest threat to humanity is horrifying fam- horrifyingly familiar. It is a virus which almost annihilated his entire race, the Time Lords. Dun dun dun! Did you like this? I really? loved this oh, okay. story. Good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad because I kind of went in the middle of the road. I didn't think it was exceptional, but I'd, I'd like to hear your your arguments for how how good it is. Because I, I would have to agree <laughs> with Glenn. Convince me. I thought, I, thought me was, I thought it was a great story, a great idea. It just didn't feel as much like Eighth Doctor as I had hoped or what I'd come to expect. We'll see. And some of the tone I didn't think was right, and it almost didn't feel like I a Doctor like, Who like story. The tone of it. Yeah. It almost felt like another. Story that they wrote with this great science sci-fi idea, almost in a helix 
uh, and smashed them together. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with the story. I'll tell you, um, the the thing that I the, that I think is the most Doctor Who about this is the Eighth Doctor. I think that the Eighth Doctor is written well. I think the Eighth Doctor I think there does were not. Moments, but there the, were some parts where see, I, was I don't like, think oh, the Eighth Doctor. I think the Eighth Doctor is, was nailed. I think it, there was no time that I felt like I was taken out of the idea that this is the Eighth Doctor. Um, I agree with the idea that you could have put any Doctor in the trappings of this story, but by putting the Eighth Doctor in and then nailing it, it, he really made the story worth it to me. But everything else, I agree with what you said. It yeah, just feels like this one wonderful idea. I mean, we, we've got a parasite. Or, or it's not even a parasite. We've got a well, it is parasitic, but we've got a um, pathogen that has a failsafe in it. What a great idea! I love that. That was a wonderful moment. For he says in stage life. three of this thing, it tests the life that it's taking over, the, the lives, the the environment that it's that it's in. It tests them with a question. What a great idea! Yeah. I love that, but and I just I felt all of that was that just part of too it almost compactual. Very... In fact, if this is why you know I rarely say this, you guys say this all the time. Had this one been able to be flushed out and been longer and been a novel, I think they they could have gone somewhere with this and really made it. And they could have explored a lot more because by doing the short form, we just had all we had was the chance to mention that it had affected the Gallifreyans and that it had affected the Time Lords at one time, that it had nearly wiped them out. But we don't explain why or what it is or its origins, which I'm. I kind of like a mystery, but I kind of wanted more about about this entity. What is it? Where did it come from? And it really feels, by putting it in, was it 40 pages? 40-some pages? Yeah, it was 40. 40 pages, but putting it in 40 pages, I just felt like we had to rush to get there to, to, to get it done, and so we weren't able to flesh it out. So that's why I think it comes down on the meh side of it. Uh, wasn't wowed by the companion at all. Although she's she's not there. There's not, I'm not really there, out. There, there's, yeah. there, there's no use for her, other than to be... The per- you know, she really was the epitome of the, the, the old school companion where she was there kind of just to <laughs> ask, ask questions, questions and for the deposition to be placed forward so that we knew what was going on. As a- but you don't necessarily need that in a story because on television you need it so that you can re- relay to the uh, viewers what's going on and, and, and answer those questions. In book form, you don't need that because the reader can is inside the mind of the doctor, is inside the mind of our hero, so we know... As he works it out and processes it out, he doesn't have to have somebody to explain it to to, to hash it out. So she felt really unnecessary, um, and yeah, that's it. I mean, it's just meant. I did. I didn't hate this book. I didn't hate it at all. I, I, in fact, I, I, that was a fine novel. It didn't bore me. It was a quick read. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, was able to just kind of do it, and move on. Um, but I didn't think it was wowed in any way by it. Well, and and. It seemed to also lack a little drama for me because okay, it landed in this town and the doctor gets there and it's all gone and he's already immune. Okay, so what's what, what's what's the big thing? We got what do we got to do? We what's go in danger? It. We got to go talk to it. Okay, so we go talk to it and that's it. Yeah, it's kind of well, it's kind of like oh, what this is really cool, and that's really cool that it has this fail safe. But then you just oh, it's no, that's it. And, ba- and bouncing off that, you're exactly right. There's no immediate urgency. There's no immediate. It's, um, it's the stopping um, it from expanding. Exactly. Past this you know, place. the big picture is it can take over everything. So that's the that's it, the it that's the threat. Been There's if, no immediate threat, with the exception of this one companion that they've added in here. This yeah. one gal that they've added in here because everybody else is dead. Everybody it's, it's else has one of those already things been where if, it, if if the doctor had shown up and it was stage two, and these creatures were already in other towns, and he had to go find the epicenter. I think the expansion, Grand like zero. you mentioned, mm-hmm. would add more and bring more gravity and just more of a 
path of the story instead of a stroll down a street. Well, you guys are kind of bloodthirsty. How many towns in the Midwest or the, the, well, the Southwest did you want to wipe out? Well, it didn't, but I wanted more of a, of a, a immediate threat rather than the, the worldwide yeah, I, I I didn't take it as any different of a threat than the crinoid. I mean, the crinoid realistically was fairly localized and... Well, and I loved that story, too. But you, yeah, well, that's just it. <laughs> I did. I, 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 I do. I do. Um, I mean, know, I didn't hate it, but I, I the, 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 the threat becomes more global, and you can tell that it's expanding its influence because the other plants in other areas are starting to, you know, act up and whatnot. But for the time being, it's still relatively localized. But that's still on caliber with the same potential threat level that this thing has. So I, I didn't take anything for that. In fact, it's, it's funny, because I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You could have put any Doctor in this. In fact, realistically, this very much should have been a Fourth Doctor story. Because, as we've talked about so many times with these Fourth Doctor episodes where they're borrowing an idea from an old classic horror film, this is the Andromeda strain. Yeah. That's that's where this came from, is we've yeah. got this, this pathogen in this town, and the, okay, yeah, go. And so seeing the fourth doctor in this would have totally made sense. But I liked the fact, and, and this is kind of on that one level with the eighth doctor. It's like, yes, I had hopes that it would have been the eighth doctor in grace or the eighth doctor in Charlie or the eighth doctor in somebody. Realistically though, I know that those companions are really all off limits. Well, and you can also kind of imagine this as near, almost near the end before night of the doctor that he's companionless before that. That's funny. I kind of put it before See, I, I met I, with Charlie. I, I, I put it before that as well, because of all of the Doctors in my head canon, Eighth is the one that travels most frequently alone. But I think that's because we don't have the Eight and such and such we companion comparison to yeah. make with them. You know? So if there's any Doctor that's going to be alone, in my mind, it's the Eighth Doctor. Now it'll be the War Doctor, but that's <laughs> <laughs> That's just you know the way that that because he's busy. Um, that's just the way. But that the war doctor work. was probably never off adventuring. He was yeah. Always, he was always fighting, fighting, the, war. fighting the war. Yeah. So so setting it you know with, with this doctor and, and doing this was I was fine with that. It didn't bother me at all because in my head that's all the way it's it's always played out. Is the eighth doctor's always kind of on his lonesome uh, unless he has a companion. Otherwise he, he's on he's on his own. Which is odd because I don't I, was, I can't think of a story that we had had with him that he has been on his own. Yeah, no. I mean, there, there really isn't. I mean, because the, the audio is he goes straight into Charlie. He picks up with Charlie, yeah. You know. The only thing, that's why I went to Night and the Doctor is because he's getting his uh, searching for a new companion essentially at the start of that. And every, everywhere else he's always had one. I, I think that probably... See, I've, I've got a different perspective from it because the first thing that I read of the Eighth Doctor was the Eight Doctors. Where throughout that, he is, he is companionless. Yeah, I guess most of the books he is companionless. Well, I don't no. think that he is because he picks up, uh, picks Fitz, up Ange. Fitz, Fitz very soon after that and has a lot of adventures with Fitz and then eventually picks Fritz. up Angie. Fitz, Fritz, 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 Fritz. And then picks up Angie later as well. Yeah. Um, he also has a companion prior to Fritz, which is the one he picks up at the end of the Eight Doctors. So, uh, and I can't remember her name. Um, so yeah, he's had companions, but yeah, to me in my mindset, I think maybe why I'm more accepting in the, the Lonely Doctor, and obviously, said you you you, you lean there as well, but the I didn't have I, a problem because of it, the fact just... that I read the Eight Doctors and or yeah, the Eight Doctors, and he was companionless through the whole thing, and that was my only other experience besides the the audios that we were listening to. And I, I wonder how much that comes from 
And that picks up right after the movie. Dealing with watching the movie in 96. And knowing that he leaves on his own. And he leaves on his own. And then we don't get any more Doctor Who until much, much later. Right, right. Just experiencing it in linear time that way. And even if you come to the Big Finish audience, he picks up Charlie. So you don't get... He's alone when he picks up Charlie. Yeah, he's alone when he picks up Charlie. So, yeah, in your mind you can say, okay, that was immediately after the events of, of Doctor Who. But because you're right, linearly we have such this big gap in our minds that we assume there were a lot more off-screen adventures before he picked up Charlie right. much later on. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know why. I just That's point. how I've always always rationalized him. So, um, yeah, the companion, if you want to use that term in this one, is, yeah, is, is you know, flavor of the week. Eh, she's, she's okay. She's there. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just really liked the story. I loved the concept of the virus. I loved the, 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 the questioning. I, I agree with you that maybe you... you did a little bit of a detriment by spoiling us on the information that Time Lords are now immune. The yeah. Gallifreyans are immune to this we because that this has happened. We knew that would be the Maybe you could have held on to that point. little nugget until afterward, and he could have very flippantly gone, oh, no, 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 no. We, they, they attacked us way early on, and I'm immune because they built into this. And mm-hmm. Oh, well, he wasn't really in danger. But the reader would have gone, oh, he's going to walk into the truck, man, and the thing's going to grab a hold of him. And, you know. So I don't know. Agreed. I just that's a thing where if they didn't have the quasi companion in the story, that they could have done it. Yeah. Well, and I and I agree with you both. This is totally another one I would have loved to have seen a full length book on this. I just I, I agree with you. That could have been fleshed out so much more. But with only forty pages, I kind of feel like we got the Cliff Notes version of it, and probably the best Cliff Notes version of it is that everything else would have been exposition. Everything else would have been, you know, padding and filling. I would have been fine with it. I'd have loved to have read it. But I feel like we got a, a, a nice little adventure tale uh, that was set in here, and, and maybe I, maybe I like outbreak stories. I don't know, but I just really liked this one. Well, with it being isolated in Nevada, in a desert, in this ghost town, that, I mean, he already said by the time he, this this point had reached, there was obviously hardly anybody in this town anyway. It was already a dying town. Yeah. So it just it's so it's so much narrowed the threat as it as we kept working to the center of this. And then by throwing the one captain in there, what was her name? Evelyn Chan? Chan, yeah. By throwing her in there, that was almost the, the author's way to say, okay, I've got to put a, a, an amount of danger because, as you said, we already telegraphed the immunity for the doctor. So he's not in danger. And, and, and I didn't feel he was in danger as he was taking his suit off because I thought, okay, well, obviously he knows what Considering he's doing. how flippant he is about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, he just knew that it wasn't airborne. So, yeah, that, I think if you had been able to broaden this out and made it a book, I don't think you would have had a lot of exposition. I, could, I think you could have taken it out, as Keith and I were talking about, you could have taken it outside of this town. You could have had it already at phase two. You could have had more imminent danger and, and really, really built on the suspense of this story, which was not there, which is, I think, maybe what means it makes it kind of middle of the road. The only suspense you have is when Evelyn Chan is, is dying, essentially. That's, that's the only real suspense yeah. you have, the, that immediate danger. And you, I feel for her. I, I, I'm, I, at that point, I'm like, come on, Doctor, hurry up. You know? <laughs> but that's it. And I mean, that's all you need, maybe, in 40 pages. But that's why I think it needed to be more. It needed to be bigger. I don't know. I just, maybe that's why the story, I, I, it was a fast read. I mean, I really trucked through this one. I did, too. I think yeah. I read it in a few hours. I don't oh, know I did, it was a yeah, couple I, hours. I, I, well, like a forty-minute lunch break. I should I think say I, I read it this. over yeah. the course of two hours because I was coming back to it because I was doing other things. Oh, okay. No, I, I sat down and started it. Or honestly, intending just to get a couple of pages in so that I could get started on it. Then I was going to finish it the next day on my lunch break, and I wound up taking a little longer lunch break than I <laughs> was supposed to, just because I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so I, I was 
riveted, <laughs> really gripped by this one. What was that meme that Brittany posted? That did you guys see that? Where it says it's a conversation with a book. This oh. is me. All right. Well, that's enough reading for the night. I probably should put this down and go to bed. Book. Well, you know, we only got a hundred pages left. Me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, of course, sometimes you get to that point, and it's I'm only a hundred pages out. I'm going to finish the damn thing. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Sometimes it's, I don't know how long it I can't put it down, and yeah. I don't care that oh, there's absolutely. only hundred pages left. But sometimes it's like uh, it's only hundred pages. Yeah, that way I can be done with it. Yeah, but I've been I've been at exhaustion, In the home stretch, ready to go to sleep, and still been a compelling book, and going. You know, if I were at 128 pages, I'd put it down. But I'm at 100 pages, I'm going to keep going because <laughs> it's so good. So I just, I, I thought there was, uh, I, uh, and I agree with you, the Eighth Doctor, the fact that they nailed his voice so yeah. perfectly really, really helped the story along. Because, again, you could you could have put any Doctor in here, but it was the Eighth Doctor. Yeah. And he rocked. He was very Paul McGann. It was very exciting. I just liked it. I don't have a reason. <laughs> well, I, That's okay. That, that tells me we all kind of come down on the same idea of the story. It's just it, it touched you in a way more than it did Keith and I. So we I just think that maybe, maybe, maybe I, don't, I don't think that I was aware of this, but maybe I just really like outbreak stories. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I really like... You know, I don't remember liking the Andromeda Strain all that much, but... <laughs> They just hit me on that on that right chord that it was just. And I, was I, rem- in the right mood I remember yeah, thinking true. that that once it once it was kind of within the first five pages. So once they laid it out, it was like, oh, that's what we're doing. I was like, yeah, we haven't had one of these. No. <laughs> I got very excited that it was a, a, a the doctor versus a, a contagion. Idea. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because it wasn't religion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was more excited. I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was well told and a, a good story well told. That's all I really want out of these. Speaking of one with religion, absolution, confession, penance, absolution. The TARDIS breaks down on a forbidden sector of space. Ghostly voices cry out for salvation. And only Keras, the doctor's Eutermizen companion, can answer their call. For only he knows the secret of the absolver. But will he use it to rescue his friends or save the universe? The doctor's sins are catching up with him, and the infernal beast Barreras is hungry. Time is running out, and Judgment Day is at hand. Welcome to hell. Eh. Crickets. <laughs> it doesn't I, deserve I, a dun dun dun. I wish the story was half as good as that description. description <laughs> I didn't hate it. No, this is I, you know what you know. It took me like two episodes <laughs> to realize that the person Carlos was talking to and the person the doctor was talking to were different, <laughs> and that they were in two different parts of this world. Yeah, yeah. It was like halfway through episode two, I was like, "Oh, okay." I landed on this one in the same spot as I did with Spore. It was just it. It wasn't a terrible story. It had some good ideas, but it had so many fails too. Well, so. It was kind of nice. I, I did like the idea that. Of what they had been hinting at with Kara's, with the voices in his head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I felt like it was they kind weren't of, actually in his head. Yeah, apparently. I've, but it was, it was kind of going back that's, to that. That's the problem. That's the fail. That's the fail. Is that they they didn't really resolve anything. Yep. Is that we we set all this stuff up and we said, hey, you know those voices that are driving Kara's insane. We're going to deal with that. 
Okay, so the voices he's hearing are not actually in the little stone. They're on this planet. Cool. Oh, wait. No, they're not. They apparently were released from the stone to the planet? That part no. I didn't like so much. They're extra voices now? Because the, there are people on the planet and people in the stone? Okay. Yeah. How do these tie together? And then we've got people on the planet. We've got people inside the dome and people outside the dome. Yep. Okay, so we're in hell. It's purgatory. I get kind of where you're going with this. Oh, but then this thing happened, and we unleashed this dimensional barrier, and it turns out that the people on the inside of the dome are the same as the people on the outside of the dome. Just unmutated. Okay. All right, cool. And the doctor makes a magic box. It's going to fix it. And then Karaz absorbs all the energy from the magic box and dies. So did the people get back together or not? Because you didn't tell me this. Nope. We just left. No, I, I left with the impression that everybody went and got wiped out by the magic little box. Except, yeah, then then Kariz was able to, was able to absorb all that. So then I thought, oh, okay, so everybody lived. But, but they're, they're still, still in the, in the same situation they were in well, before the doctor said, he, he said the sun came out, apparently, yeah, at the end right. of the book. I think that's... I think that's his, his final gift. That's the to idea. what, a dead planet? Yeah, Where did the, the people go? That's the idea that, that I think they were trying to leave us with, was that, yeah, Chariz fixed the, it. The, there were... Oh, the, the, the first episode was good and seemed like it was going to head in a certain direction. We set up, okay, the TARDIS, I'm sorry, the TARDIS doesn't break down. The TARDIS dissolves. I was yeah. terrified. <laughs> the console room fell apart. Yeah. Oh, no. Chris, like, ultimately fell through the floor. fell in the yeah. pit and everything's bad. And, oh, Karis is dead. Not one mention of the fact that Karis is dead because then we got to go and we're going to go have lunch at these people's house. It's like, you guys should be upset. <laughs> But no, you're making well, jokes about... Well, they didn't know Karis fell through. Well, they just know he disappeared. He disappeared. They thought and, he was still in the TARDIS. Well, see, that's what I thought at first. But then when he appears in a ghostly apparition vision to Charlie, she goes, we thought you were dead. And I was like, I thought he was in another part of the TARDIS based on what you told me. Well, here's the, here's the thing is that was poorly planned out, plotted out, because as they're venturing to have dinner with these people uh, in the Citadel, as they're going to the Citadel, the Charlie, Charlie does make the... The concern, Doctor, what about Kariz? And the Doctor kind of does that, well, I think he's okay. So he's very unsure. But he's he, he's convinced himself that he's okay. And Charlie still seems a little concerned. He kind of placates the idea that Kariz is fine, that the TARDIS will take care of him. And that's when I landed on the fact that, okay, he's inside the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. But, or at least the Doctor thinks he's inside the TARDIS. So... I was at the the point of where they were both hopeful that he was still alive. So I was okay with that. But it wasn't until she goes to the barrier and she says the words, we thought you were dead. I thought, <laughs> what? So then It's I like said, the author couldn't then, make up his mind as he was writing this, then I'm how fine. this was supposed to go. Then I'm fine with it because I'm like, okay, he's not dead and you're relieved. But then when you when he does die at the end and there's and more of a so reaction from Chip... The Charlie, doctor? well, but he, I don't get. I didn't get that mad at the doctor. I almost well, understood no, no, with it. But when Charlie gets mad at the doctor, well, that's what, that's what I mean. When Charlie gets mad at the doctor, for why wasn't that she way? mad at him before? If she thought he was already dead, why didn't she go through this emotional breakdown that she has at the end of the story? At the beginning of the story, I just, I guess maybe it's one thing to wonder if your friend died, and it's another thing to see them die. Yeah, perhaps I guess. And I, I honestly didn't think of that until you just mentioned it. Because that death scene, I thought, was so kind of tragic. 
Because I, 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 it was trans. I had grown to like Carriz. I had grown to like Carriz. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad to be done with that. I know I'll you tell are. you. And here's, here's that, the and thing. And then though. Charlie's reaction to it, and then her being angry at the doctor. I went on and listened to the girl who never was. Carriz's <laughs> leave on that aspect. Carriz's story would have been fixed for me had this gone the way Sean was saying, where they had built up to all of this and then explained it here. Had they done a very good job of explaining all that had led up to this? Yes. But it was so convoluted into where these voices See, were coming from. Why it was they the were beginning that was convoluted because oh. I thought the end made more sense. It was introducing that Absolver Stone thing. He was the problem. Yeah, yeah. way too late in the game. No, well, yeah. Way or, too they just late to, in the they game. They just didn't need to do that, and they ended up in this area, and Karen is just being there. Him. Sure, yeah. sure. Because he that, is the vessel. Yeah, that's he, essentially he, he, what happens. Each, that's what each I'm one of these episodes breaks down because they don't really form a coherent story arc. Yeah, episode yeah. one is fine in and of itself. Episode two, we're dealing with the people on this planet, and we're doing this, and Curious is off doing his thing. Okay, cool. Episode three, here's the science hook. Here's all the, the, the info dump of okay, what it's happened. it's not God. It's not hell. It's not it's this. It's just okay, the parallels cool. that we're using. And then episode four is kind of like, we're trying to tie all this up, but I don't know where to go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. E- each one of these, is it, it, it started off this way, and then it meandered over here, and then it came back over this direction, and then it went off somewhere else. They couldn't decide. They didn't have a we clear concept of where they were going. We should have had yeah. one episode with just careers and what was going on, and that yeah. probably would have fixed a lot it of things. Would have. Yeah. Could have, if they could have explained everything that had happened before, if they could have explained the lead up and build up to this for me, it would have been a redemption story as far as the character of Careers goes for me. Unfortunately, they left it flat, and I find myself not being as Impressed by Chris as I have been the entire time. Yeah. So. Oh, and I wonder also if how much the story would be different if it was actually set in the Divergent Universe. If his arc was supposed to last throughout the entire Divergent Universe line, it might have. And they to. cut that it short, part of it. and he wasn't going to come back to normal time. That, that may, maybe that's that it, makes me. This wonder. is what they had planned, this but is, it doesn't work in our universe. Yeah. I, I I thought of that. I thought you know this because it kind of does tie like back into the story. Story, other story we had when they left the Divergent right. Universe. Because who is this guy? Who this, this random this, this random Yoda guy him. who's talking to him and teaching him how to do all these mind powers? More like Palpatine. Who, who knows he's from another well, universe? Who knows he's got all these powers? But he's been stuck on the planet for three millennia. Yeah. It makes sense if it's Divergent Universe because right, it's just exactly. this weird universe. Yeah. In our universe, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now, having said all of that, I, I still kind of, I, I, like I said, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the performances. The performances Once again, Paul McGann is wonderful. Charlie is, yeah. is great. Very solid acting there at the end, even though yeah. it seemed a little weird and abrupt that suddenly she's upset when she wasn't before. She did a fantastic job with that. Uh, Carriz, even. I, I lo- the, the, some of the lines were wonderful. Um, one of them was... Um, doctor, you gave me the gift of time. That was uh, no, that yeah. was one yeah. of those moments where I was like, oh, "Yeah, you're right." I mean, that's so that's so powerful because that's something that Kariz was really kind of introduced to and was able to experience in his travels. Did anybody else have huge issues too in the fourth part? Where okay, we're, we we've gotten to the point where we're in the Mexican standoff where everybody's kind of at odds with each other, and then it seemed like there was just a whole bunch of noise. There was people screaming and roars and this. And then the doctor was like, oh, you saved us because of this. And it was like, 
What? Yeah, yeah. No, that, you're right. I, it, it seemed to seem to skip or jump there, and we didn't know what. Yeah, what I had no idea what happened during yeah. the during the climatic Agreed. battle thing. I had I think no the idea other thing that bothered me was this: the 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 the, the dad in the in the Citadel, the one that the the, the I don't want to I don't want to call him King, but the head guy. I, I don't even remember any names. They weren't that. Impactful. It wasn't that was Aberyth, so wishy washy. No, Aberyth was the outside guy. Yeah. Outside no, guy. yes, yes. Kokothus. Kokothus was so wishy washy. I know. He said, Oh, come join again, you know, sleep here, have hospitality. Oh, don't go in the basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I never told you not to go down but there. Yeah, they, oh, what are you doing down here, doctor? Oh, go lock him up. And then they go lock him up, and then the doctor leaves, and he comes back, and he goes, Oh, bad doctor, you're back. It's like, <laughs> You just locked him up. What are you, why, are you, why aren't you mad that he got out? Oh, hi, Doctor. Oh, Oh, you're looking at the same picture. (laughs) Yeah. Is that what was in DWM for the... They always did those for DWM magazine. The comic? Yeah, the little comic. They always called them... It wasn't actually a comic because it was just a two-panel... Usually a two-panel tease for what... uh, There's two panels on that one. Not on mine. You're not seeing the guy down here in the corner? Is that a separate panel? So he doesn't have it. Roll it up. Scroll down. Oh, <laughs> are you sure you can't click in the box there? Maybe somebody's cropped it the box. Maybe you're but yeah, there is a two, two panel on on uh, Sean's picture there. So. I clicked on the picture and it took me to the cover. Yeah, those those, those would be nice when you were if you were uh, uh, a subscriber for Doctor Who Monthly and you were a subscriber for Big Finish and you could kind of get a taste for what the visuals of yeah. of the of the people that you were going to. Uh, Listen to. I think that's what they are. They're probably visual uh, representations of so that it just kind of in your mind's eye have something to picture. Yeah. But yeah, I just uh, I wanted it to be good. Yeah, I too. wanted to, you know, because especially I've, I've come since really I had been convinced that this was Charlie's last story, and I thought, well, this is going to have to be a knockdown dead. Although I didn't believe it, knockdown dead story. If this is her last story, and then and we're going to move on into the, uh, and then we got to the end, and I went, well, yeah, that was Cruz's song, swan song, but. As I <laughs> it was suspected her and um, believed. She's leaving. Didn't you hear her at the end? It was Take her me next, home. Her next story was... I'm locking myself in the I, room until we get there. I was there. like, Keith, I almost b- plowed on ahead, but I thought, i got so much on my plate right now, I'm just going to have to wait. <laughs> oh, and I was... Okay, so I finished this Thursday. I was done with The Girl Who Never Was on Saturday. <laughs> it's a really quick listen. Uh, tip your hand a bit. Is it... It's good. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> Better than this one. That's all we get. Well, it's not very hard. It's a good. It's not very a, hard to reach that. It's, it's a good goodbye. Story. Is. <laughs> I just uh, it, it's it's frustrating because I, I I'd gotten to the point where I really liked Cariz. I was starting to really like Cariz. He deserved was, a better. Uh, he, he deserved a much better departure this. story for this. And I maybe as you pointed out, the whole divergent universe, which we've come pretty hard on through most of it, um, maybe had they not been forced to truncate it this would have been a more satisfying payoff for where his character wound up and eventually what happened to him as it is eh, I I couldn't get too excited about it and I couldn't get too broken up about it either because it was just like well that dangling plot thread is over with now I mean honestly that's what I'm kind of taking out of this it's the best thing (laughs) of the story we're done with Divergent completely and forever now there's nothing left to to deal with because Charlie's story started before Divergent so this is the last remnants of Divergent hopefully I mean that's really all I can (laughs) well you know you've gone on and listened to 
Doctor They don't mention it all in the Eighth Doctor Adventures. So then there's the girl who never was, and then he splits off to his own range. Yes. Okay. But yeah, it was it was fresh because I, I you know as it went on, it was like oh maybe this is okay. This is going to be good. I see where no. Just, it had the workings of being good. It just, it just there didn't. was too many things it that it kept didn't stopping work. and not going where. Well, in an effort to point at some of the things I did like about this, I did like the whole uh, scene in the catacombs or the crypts or whatever. When, well, when the doctor's trying to figure out how to get through the the mirror, you know, or, or where where's this entrance? And he sees a mirror, and she says, oh, what "Well, are you, you what are you looking at?" He says, "A mirror." And he, she says something about his vanity, and he goes, "I'm not looking." into the mirror looking at the mirror <laughs> and so then she catches on and, and he's describing the mirror which if this had been a six doctor out, story that would have been a whole different yeah. conversation <laughs> she points out the fact that the 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 um Fingerprints, the fingerprints and, and yeah. the wearing on the edge of the mirror, and his aha! It was such a wonderful oh, little, yeah. you know, back and forth and figuring things out, and then and then when he decides that he's just going to crash through the mirror, <laughs> and she goes, "Doctor, seven years, bad luck," and he goes, <laughs> "What's seven? What's seven uh, with nine hundred years, what seven? <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. And I, I, it's such a bemoaning that she didn't have shoes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was just just a bam bam bam. He pulls moccasins out of his pocket, <laughs> <laughs> and yet another reference of somebody he's yep, mad. <laughs> name dropping. So, how how would you how would you get through a mirror? Well, I could do this. I could sonic it. I could no. I'm going to pick up a chair. <laughs> I'm going to break it. Just break it. I'm just going to beat the heck out of it. Bam. Okay. Busted. <laughs> I liked the. I, I liked how strong Charlie was throughout this mm-hmm. um, story. That when they get into the control room, that she's the one that points out, well, this one's completely dusted clear. Yeah. This one's got no fingerprint. And he's like, oh, very good. And even Mel looked at me and she goes, I love Charlie. And it's like, yeah, I know. She's pretty, she's pretty. <laughs> she and was not underused as she has no. been in this. I, well, I, I think it helped having her with the doctor again. As opposed to off on her own. Yeah. And and she was off on her own, but for just enough. Just a little bit. To, to kind of yeah. cement the friendship with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And I liked Which the fact, works out well. Yeah, I liked the reveal that the daughter was the one that had kind of come back on this and mm-hmm. and was, you know, I didn't see that coming. I even liked the reveal of the fact that the beast that they had kept chained up in the in the uh, crypts was his uh, his yeah. former wife, and that she had gone through that change that everybody, all the Outlanders had gone through. Well, and also I I also liked the reveals of how this world got to be where it was and the and that it was relationship and hell, yeah, and limbo and. <laughs> I really I I got sucked into the people on the planet story yeah. uh, through most of it, and they don't leave you hanging. You understand essentially what happened there. Yeah, you understand that it, it all boiled down to jealousy and and uh, one person sabotaging yeah, the other. And yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it 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 answers those questions. It just unfortunately, for being Carissa Swan Song, doesn't yeah. summarize all of that very well. Yeah, yeah. Um. We look for a couple more things to say good about this story, and then sign off. <laughs> I, I liked Cariz. The cover was for, good. For <laughs> the disc cover, it was pretty. It was nice. I thought it was really, really well done. The artwork is fantastic. Did, did anybody? Okay, so anybody else think Cariz was really terribly gullible? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's always, but he been always, he's always gullible. Yeah, yeah. So he's going. Especially to, when so he's, wasn't out of character. Especially when it's him discovering new abilities yeah. within himself. Although, oh, look what I can yeah. do now. Okay, cool. Although everything that has happened to him so far, you would think that he'd he wise up a little bit. Well, he's been better than that. 
I don't remember which story it was. Well, he seemed to grow and improve where, where he wasn't yeah, as gullible. He, he, and then suddenly he thought he was going to be suckered in and gullible. And then he kind of turned the table and went, no, 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 no. We're yeah, not playing that yeah. game. Um, like, yeah, the one with that girl who had him at gunpoint in the... Uh, other uh, lives. Where they, uh, other, no, no, not other lives. Um, the one where they crash landed on the prison planet. And it wasn't yeah. really a prison planet. It was this, these guys making a TV show and... Uh, yeah, he had got the gun from that girl and had no idea how to use it. And she, <laughs> he, he told her, you know, show me how oh, to yeah. use it. Yeah, 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 that one. And she said, well, why would I show you how to use it? Because I'm just going to start pressing buttons and then I might end up shooting you. Oh, okay, well, first you have to take safety off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that was a big, strong charisma. Yeah, Memory lane. Yeah. Memory lane, that's right. This one, not so much of a strong charisma moment. Yeah. But I, I thought, I thought uh, what's his name? Conrad? The actor who plays oh, yeah. I, I, I thought he was was, was very. Strong. I mean, again, with all the all performances, performances were solid in this. Um, I didn't quite get, and maybe one of you can explain to me how he he metamorphosed, transforms, evolved into an it that was more like sounded more like a bug. He looked like the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That was another good line when, uh, what was the, the C guy's name? The, the, the good guy, uh, Carruthers? Cocosis? Yeah, Cocosis. When he walks up and he's he's claiming that the doctor and Charlie are the devil, and she goes, You're the one with the pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> Loved that. I also liked with that. <laughs> How, how be you here? Magic! Oh, God, no. <laughs> Didn't he say... Uh, well, she starts off with it. We came in a magic box. Well, we did this. And he's like... Eh, 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 eh. He says, what kind of magic is this? And she says, it is magic. It's a magic box. <laughs> Are you sure that's wise, Charlie? And, and going back to the scene where he's trying to break in, the line, did you get a high school... Higher school certificate in advance, breaking and entering. Yeah, was top, of class. Class. top of the that class. That was a great interaction. Interaction. There was so much good there was. There was a Charlie Doctor there. interaction in this. Yeah, yeah. the little moments. Not not yeah. as much Charlie maybe careers, which we've had previously. Maybe, they, well, yeah. maybe knowing that the Doctor and Charlie's story was about to end as well, coming soon, obviously another episode. Well, and as, as I wonder <laughs> if maybe they they concentrated on making their relationship kind of that par for the course it could be well and, and the, a lot of those moments were kind of chuckle moments where you needed the levity in yeah. this dark dark story I think I don't know that this story was all that well, this it was, was heavy it was, it was, was heavy but here's heavy the thing is, is this story had the potential for being dark but it just it's almost like they didn't make it there well, and I, that was another fake had, had it been more cohesive I think it would have been dark. maybe so I mean I, the, the idea the visuals of demons and, and the devil figure and all those kind of things really could have been dark and heavy and it just, going into hell I like, get there yeah. Into darkness, into hell. We should have the eighth doctor going. Tonight we dine in hell. Do a Spartacus <laughs> from that, you know. That probably wouldn't work either. What are we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up on the schedule uh, next week, Friday night. Who? August fifteenth. David Tennant returns in the two-part Human Nature and Family of Blood. Which brings us right up to par with our show for next week, in which we'll be reading or discussing the uh, Human Nature novel by Paul Cornell, um, and kind of comparing and contrasting the two, which I'm trucking through that one, actually, quite a bit. Well, if you guys have not... It's a good read. Yeah, it is a good read, so far. Um, I'm not as far as I should be. And then, I'm not either, but it's a good read. 
the following week we get uh, Time of the Doctor, right? Yeah. The Christmas one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you're not excited. <laughs> uh, for Friday Night Who just kind of leads right up. I'll be staying home with a box of Kleenex. <laughs> So we'll, we'll get to see the intro of, of Peter Capaldi show up, and then the following day, we get Deep Breath. Fitting uh, it up on our 190th show. You want to talk a little bit about our Patreon account? Uh, the Patreon account is up and running, and uh, we have just set, as a reminder, just as a reminder that uh, we 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 have set this up to uh, attempt to procure some funds from all of you listeners. Uh, to uh, help us to continue to produce such a fine, outstanding show that we'll spend 40 minutes talking about Howard the Duck in the, <laughs> the middle of an encapsulated Guardians of the Galaxy review uh, on our Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> fork over your money. Just keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. I'm looking for another reason to end with Howard the Duck this week. Uh, no, the, the, the account is live, and we would very much appreciate any support you could throw away. Um, and then I'll get some more... Uh, Scheduling updates uh, out. Uh, has anybody seen an official list of episodes of season eight yet? Or not, not? official? I'm surprised that the BBC hasn't officially. We're we're, we're, we're kind of holding off on posting that until we know because we'd like to try and um, you know do what we did last time and pair up some. I I, I will let slip uh, uh, for our frequent Friday night who viewers. We kind of sort of have a a, a framework schedule in place, uh, and it does include some that unfortunately right now are. Uh, not available on DVD mm-hmm. that they've since pulled yeah. off the market. So hopefully they're ones that either you already have or they won't be too difficult to get a hold of. Right. Um, and we're not doing that to you on purpose. It just happens to be that, that if, if the schedule of episodes winds up being what we think it's going to be, these are the Friday Night Who's that we think would be most fun or associative to go with those particular upcoming Peter Capaldi's. Right. So there's that. Um, but as soon as we know, we'll... We'll, we'll post it for you. As soon as we know, you will. As soon as we know, you will. All right. Anything else we need to add before we close this one out this week? It's going to be a short one. Moment of silence to our dear departed careers. Well, he ain't getting any debtor. <laughs> All right. And that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. No, I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. That's what he says. What? Good night, everybody. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.